expectation. I'm going to have natural labor. I figured once I got my son out of diapers, life would be great. You want to give the best food, veggies, no processed things. Oh, kids, kids, you're being a little bit too loud. Yes, ma'am. I would always have the answers. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Once he was able to read, it'd be really easy. I will never raise my voice at my children. My expectation was to do it all while my kids look perfect and put together. But the reality is they don't always sleep when you want them to. Oh my God. Yelling has happened. from the hospital. I realize I don't know what I'm doing. Expectations don't always live up to uh, what they're supposed to be, but it's usually a really good thing. Reality is so much better than what I could have ever expected it to be. Come on, come on. Does that, uh, that sound like any of your homes, right? You got these big expectations of what it's going to be like. I know even, even dads, you know, we kind of go into it sort of with the same thing. We've, we've got some expectations of what parenthood is going to be like. And, um, you know, there's some things that, yeah, me and Nadine, we, uh, whenever we were about to have our kids, you know, young, we, we said a lot of things, you know, like we're going to do this and we're not going to do that. And, and I'd say we did pretty good. You know, there's some things that we plan to do that, that we followed through with. And there was some things that uh, we, we tried and, and Nadine tried for the first few months and um, quickly those things begin to crumble, right? And then you, you kind of get into reality. Like, okay, so this is, this is who we are, right? Like, this is our capacity. And, um, and I think that's true for so many of us. We set up expectations in life, right? It's what we do. And we should, like, there should be a goal. But what we're going to learn today is that sometimes we set unhealthy or unrealistic expectations on ourselves, on others. And that can actually become a problem, right? Because it's hard to keep up with unrealistic expectations. And so that's what we're talking about today. Uh, what I want you to do right now is either take out your phone, go to a notepad, or, or maybe get, get a pen and a paper, get something that you can write on or type in. And uh, maybe some of you are on the YouVersion app, uh, which is an app that you could download. It's the Bible app. And you could actually go to events, go to Northwood Church, and you could follow along with the notes that we're in right now. Um, and there's some areas, some places that you could put notes in. Maybe, you know, you want to do this on, on that, whatever it is. And this is what I want you to do. As we're talking today, I want you to begin to type out and maybe write out some of the expectations that you have had in the past, right? Some thoughts, some ideas of, of maybe how you thought life would turn out. Uh, maybe some, some ideas of maybe who your spouse would be, all right? I know like, like you know, my spouse, you're like, maybe you've got one of those lists, you know? So I've known people in the past who they have like a list of what their spouse is gonna be like, you know? And, uh, and, and then you get married and you're like, I mean, there is one out of 15 good, <laughs> I mean, right? They're alive. That's like, that's the one that you got, right? <laughs> you know? But we have these expectations of our spouse, of our family, of a job. And maybe for some of you, you, you know, in college, you were like, man, I'm going to, you know, get this job. And, and now you're in your forties and you're like still waiting for that job or whatever the case is, write down some of those expectations, but also write down some expectations that you have right now. 
some things that if you really think about, man, what am I expecting in life? What am I expecting from people, from God, whoever the case is? And write those things down. I, I think, you know, we're gonna get some help today with some of those things and, um, and maybe get some clarity on some of those. But this is what, one thing about uh, today's message. Is the, the, I guess the title, if I had to put a title on it, is this. What do you expect? What do you expect? And kind of just think about that. Because what happens, sometimes we don't realize that we're living life with a lot of expectations. They come in the form of maybe thoughts or statements, but they're expectations. And one thing about expectations is that expectations are like opinions. Everyone has them and most of them are wrong, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe you got a lot of pride and you're like, no, my, my opinions, they're the ones that matter. Like I'm right about these opinions. Um, I like what John Maxwell says. He says, he says uh, I assume that I'm missing something. I always assume that I'm missing something. And when it comes to leadership, he's like, I always assume that my perspective, what I'm looking at, I'm just, I'm, I have a gap. And I think that's something that we need to learn as people with a lot of humility, a lot of grace is that we have a lot of expectations and they're like opinions. And many times our expectations are just wrong. But here's the deal. Expectations are very, very important. They're very important. And the reason that they are important because they create certain things in our lives. Number one, they create reality. Now, what I'm not saying when I say expectations create reality, I'm not saying that like literally, you know, if I just expect it, it's going to create it in real life. But I will tell you this, that it does create at least an emotional reality. It does create something inside of you, an expectation. So it starts becoming your at least emotional reality. It also does this, it creates perspective. Whenever you have an expectation on something, it begins to shape your perspective. It's almost like a lens. Whenever I'm expecting something to happen, now I'm seeing everything as either the means to arrive at that expectation or barriers to get to that expectation that I, I might need to tear down. And again, some of this could be good, but some of this can be negative, depending on what the expectations are. Another thing that they create are priorities. Whatever my expectations are, whatever goals I have, whatever it is that I'm shooting for, I will organize my life around whatever I need to do in order to accomplish that expectation. Again, could be good, could be bad. So expectations create reality, perspective, and priorities in our lives. Now, we even do this in our Christianity and our walks with God is that we create expectations and sometimes those expectations for how life is supposed to go as a Christian are even built on verses in the Bible. And so I actually, I wanted to show you some verses of scripture that people build Christian expectations off of and a lot of times they're actually out of context. But then guess what? We hook, line, and sinker, we eat the bait, and we have these expectations, and then whenever things don't work out, we got problems, right? Kind of like Romans 8, 28. Come on, y'all, y'all know it. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Everybody knows that scripture. And look, it's always like all things work together for good. And so some people actually are like, man, everything that's going on, it's on the up and up and I'm just moving forward. You know, all the, the, the past is negative, the future's positive. And whenever they hit the wall in certain times, they're like, man, what's wrong? What happened? God, where are you? And they read a scripture like this. And, and really actually this, verse a lot is really talking about suffering 
Like all the suffering that we go through will work together for good long-term to those who, who love God. And so that's a big difference, right? How about Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you've never read the Bible before in your life and you're watching, you know that verse because everybody says it. The Lord's my shepherd, I want for nothing. Well, then you look around you and you're like, well, there's some people who are, you know, they love God. They're great people and there's still some lack because sometimes, again, we're using a verse slightly out of context. It sets up this expectation and, uh, and then we can find ourselves in, in trouble. How about Isaiah 26? You will keep in perfect peace those who mind, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. To some people, again, they, they just expect that if I'm following Jesus, therefore I'm, I'm just always gonna have perfect peace my whole life. Like it's just always gonna be like that. And whenever things don't work out and maybe they, they have to go through some battles in their heart and in their mind, they're like, God, where are you? You promised me this and where are you, right? It, well, how about Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11? Come on, everybody knows this one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now here's the deal. Those are all wonderful scriptures. They're real. We should, we should read them and quote them and believe in them. However, uh, if they're taken out of context, they can leave us with a lopsided picture of what this life is. And actually, if we just read those scriptures and we don't read the other ones, right? Like Jesus said, you're going to go through trials and situations. It's going to be tough, right? The disciples, for them, they read the same scriptures. And a lot of them, obviously, we know were martyred for, for the cause of Christ. And so sometimes our expectation of what that looks like, especially in American culture, is just not realistic with actually the entire Bible, right? God is very honest about this life and, and that the point of this life is not comfort and convenience and, and protection and peace in the way that we expect it. Sometimes it comes in different ways. This, this week, again, uh, watching and reading so many testimonies, um, I heard multiple people say that I can look back now and I can see all the trials and the struggles that I went to formed me into who I am today. And I'm like, man, what a great perspective. You know, we know the story about diamonds and how diamonds are formed and, and you know, it's through pressure and heat. But whenever we are going through pressure and heat in our lives, man, it's tough to stand there and say, Lord, you're making a, you know, like Hawk Nelson song, right? Like making diamonds, diamonds, right? Like who's actually singing that whenever they're going through trials? They're not. They're like, why God? But then you look back and you're like, you know, if, if I wouldn't have gone through that, if I wouldn't have walked through that, then, then I wouldn't actually be where I'm at today. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to walk through that suffering. But the grace of God is sufficient in all of those areas. And so you can start seeing how expectations in our physical lives is a big deal. In our Christian walk you know, with God, our relationship with God, those expectations, even from the word of God, can formulate some improper expectations. And I wanna give you, I wanna give you some help today. And so, so I, I was looking at uh, different resources when it comes to expectations and what's going on even psychologically in our lives. And so I wanted to share, share some information from an article uh, from a, psych a psychologist and uh, just give you some different perspectives. Number one is that uh, when it comes to our psychology, we have to acknowledge two psychological facts about expectations. Two things, number one is this that merely expecting something to happen will not make it happen, 
right? Number one, merely expecting something to happen will not make it happen. And number two, we have a natural tendency to pin our hopes for happiness on fulfilled expectations. So, you know, we got to realize if we just merely expect something to happen, it's not going to make it happen. And also, we have a natural tendency, though, once we do that, is to pin our hopes for happiness on fulfilled expectations. And that's just no good. You know, it it leaves us kind of looking like this picture right here. Go ahead and put that up. Here's a lady, you know, she's uh, she's in the subway. And uh, the next frame, you see, she doesn't look very happy, but but she's got a tattoo that says happiness, but she does not look very happy, right? It's, it's kind of like one of those things, like I can picture her like talking through it, like, you know what I'm doing? I struggle with happiness. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a tattoo. And every time that I'm struggling, I'm going to look down and I'm going to remember to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and then here she is. Uh, not very, very happy at all, right? But, but I think that picture represents us a lot of times. Like, you know, we, we've got all the right thoughts, we've got all the right intentions, but something is, goes awry somewhere a- along the way. And when it comes to merely expecting something to happen, not making it happen, uh, they actually use this phrase, magical thinking. And when I, when, I, when I read that magical thinking, I was like, oh man, I've got to read the lyrics to this song. So I've got an eight-year-old named Ariana and she loves Jojo Siwa. <laughs> sorry, sorry, all the kids that are watching, my bad. But man, I mean, she has got a lot of energy. I'll put it that way. Anyway, she's got a song called Dream, D-R-E-A-M. And uh, listen, listen to the lyrics of the chorus. This is really good. You can do it if you see it. If you see it, you can be it. You believe it, you achieve it. You just D-R-E-A-M. If you live it, love it, breathe it, and you really, really need it, you believe it, you achieve it, you just D-R-E-A-M. Just dream. Just dream, right? Come on. I mean, we are, that's drilled into us. And although, come on, guys, I know a lot of you, you're dreamers and, and man, I'm not, I'm not throwing out, you know, dreaming, but I'm saying when it's magical thinking, there's a problem because it's, a, it's especially a problem whenever number one leads into number two, where we, we pin our hopes for happiness on fulfilled expectations, right? So that dream, that expectation becomes this thing that we are only truly fulfilled if, we're, if we see that come true. Or we have the, the mindset that if I can do that, then I will find happiness, and we might not say it like this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting it in certain words. Sometimes it's just thoughts and feelings. Like for some of you, you think that when you find a spouse, like all of your questions are gonna be answered. You finally made it. And, and for some of you, you're like, if I have kids, like once I have kids, like I've arrived. For some of you, it's that job. You, you don't really realize it, but you are actually pinning your hope for happiness on a fulfilled expectation. But what about right now? What about what you have in front of you right now? Some of you actually, what you have right now are fulfilled expectations from you know, a, a previous decade, but now you find yourself in the same boat, having other expectations for something else and doing the same thing that you did for what you have right now that you're not fulfilled with, doing it all over again. It's this crazy cycle in our lives. And we fall into it, especially in America. We fall into the trap. 
Having a dream isn't bad. It's when you think that the dream coming true will be the happiness you hoped for. That's whenever it's an issue because long-term there's still a void. But we do this in many different ways and we also do it with people. Most of us are, we're sane enough to realize that expecting a cup of coffee to materialize from our thoughts is unrealistic, right? However, uh, many of us at some point have mistakenly believed that expecting other people to behave the way we want will actually make them behave that way, right? Like, Like we know it's like, coffee appear. I expect coffee to appear. It's not going to happen. But whenever we, we look at people, we actually are really expecting the same thing. Because honestly, when it comes to, you know, dashed hopes or dreams or unfulfilled expectations, a lot of times it comes down to people in our lives, not acting the way that we want them to. What happens if the other person has no interest in living up to that expectation that we've put on them We feel shocked, morally indignant, and resentful because unrealistic expectations are premeditated resentments. And many of you have probably heard that that statement before. Whenever you put out there an expectation that someone, it's, it's predicated on someone else following through with that or something outside, right? Like coming, following through. It's actually a premeditated resentment. You're setting yourself up for failure, for disappointment. And I want to read this excerpt out to you from this article. It says this, expecting life to always turn out the way you want is guaranteed to lead to disappointment because life will not always turn out the way you want it to. And when those unfulfilled expectations involve the failure of other people to behave the way you expect them to, the disappointment also involves resentment. Resentment. We start resenting people. We start resenting our family, our friends, other people in the church. And then it develops into bitterness, right? It opens up the door to so many uh, unhealthy things in our life because the gap between our expectations and reality is the amount of discontentment and frustration we will experience. That gap, right? The gap between expectations and reality is the amount of disappointment and frustration we'll experience. And this is what I want you to do right now. I want you to kind of look back and I want you to think about a situation in your life that you set up that expectation and whenever it didn't happen, what happened in your heart? You got married and within about 30 minutes, you realized that this person who you expected to be like the needle in the haystack, the, the, the person that would fill the void, like, you know, they didn't open the door for you or I don't know what happened. You know, they sneezed and you didn't like the way that they sneezed, right? Um, you know, I don't know. Something happened and you're like, wait a minute. Uh. And then you play that out. Now, here's the deal. There are realistic expectations of your spouses and other people around you. Come on, spouses, listen, listen. It's a realistic expectation that they be faithful to you, right? I mean, there's things like that that are, that are obvious, but it's whenever we begin to almost uh, imagine a different person. One thing I say in marriage a lot is like, you didn't marry a future version of that person. You married who you married. And you married a person that if they never changed, you should love them the same. Like that's the reality of it. We say it with our kids. Like, I don't love a future version of my kids, a better version. I love my kids as they are. Man, how would it be? How awesome would it be if we could actually have that perspective with everyone around us? 
not having giant expectations of how they're supposed to interact with us. Come on, look in your, in your, in your, you know, with your job, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your boss, you know, the people around you where you not lowered your expectations and said, oh, well, people are just going to do whatever, although that it's still true, but like genuinely love them for who they are. But see, sometimes our expectations come out in different phrases. Like it comes out in different phrases. Like, like for instance, you know, um, one day if I ever, then I would, right? Or, or like, like, you know, the spouse thing, like my spouse, if my spouse ever, right? Or when I get married, I'll never, come on, it's Mother's Day. When, <laughs> when I become a mother, I will never, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just... How about this? Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Just don't do that to yourself because then you get in the, the thick of the battle and all of a sudden it's like, wow. Now it's good to have priorities. It's good to have some things you know, that, you're, that you're shooting for. I'm not throwing that out today, but I'm just saying we've got to make sure that they're realistic, that they're healthy. Also that they're, they're biblical. You know, I think some people, they put expectations on God that he never promised he never promised, he never said that that would happen that way, but people put words in the Bible's mouth, right? <laughs> like they, they insert their own thinking into what the word of God says. And whenever it doesn't work out right, it's like, you know, what's wrong with the Bible? What's wrong with God? And it's like, man, I, I don't know if you were really looking at that the right way. What do we set our expectations on? We set our expectations on ourselves, number one. I think a lot of you, if you look at that list of expectations that you wrote down, I think in that you'll begin to see how much expectation you have put on yourself. And, and we don't talk about that too much, but in the same way we talked about criticism a couple of weeks ago, we, we kind of alluded to the fact of self-criticism. There's expectations that we put on ourselves and sometimes they're beyond our capacity. And so we've set ourselves up to disappoint Ourself, and that's strange. Another thing that we put expectations on again is people. Is people? We want people to act a certain way. Again, we want to. Uh, we we love a future version of them, not who they are today. And so we have expectations on them. We also have expectations on possessions, right? And it, and it's good, again, to have you know, forward progress and, and, and vision and, and dreams and, and all that. But, but again, it's like, where is the line to where it actually becomes materialism? Where is that line at? And I can't judge that on you. You can't judge it on me. It's kind of like this, you know, it's this internal thing, but we have expectations on what we have and possessions. We also have expectations on accomplishments, Right? Maybe you got that, that wall in your office and you want it full of diplomas and, and degrees and whatever the case is. Maybe, maybe you've, you know, you've, you've got a, a, a goal set in one category of your life and you're like, man, if I get to that goal, then yes. And, and I want to accomplish that. And, and that's good, again. But at what expense, right? I mean, like the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? 
if accomplishing those goals causes you to lose your soul, it's not worth it. If accomplishing those goals and reaching those, those, those benchmarks causes you to forfeit your character and causes you to, to uh, cause God to take a second, you know, second seat or, or if it causes you to, to fall into idolatry, it's not a good dream. It's not a good goal. It's not a good expectation. It's not me talking, that's the Bible talking. These are things that will actually get in the way. And again, the last thing we put expectations on, we put expectations on God, right? So, so we might even be the instigator of putting the expectation on ourselves or people or possessions or accomplishments. But once we have all these things built up, then we grab God and we say, now God, I want these things to happen. So now I'm gonna pray a lot. And if it doesn't happen, you know, something's wrong with you. And that might sound harsh right now, but I'm just kind of cutting to the chase because subconsciously, that's sometimes what our prayers look like. We walk through difficult times and at some point we say, why God? And I I can't help but think of the book of Job, right? The story of Job where he walked through some very difficult things that God allowed. He, He allowed it. And at the end of the day, God didn't answer all of Job's questions. He kind of looked at Job and said, hey man, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Like, am I God, whether that that worked out the way that you want it it to or not? We have expectations. Some of you, you're looking at that list and you're like, okay, these are good expectations. Yes, yes. That one right there, huh? I'm not really sure actually about that one. There might be some selfishness wrapped up in that motive right? And you have to be honest. Again, nobody's looking at the expectation sheet you got in front of you, but you are. And this is how you prayerfully look at your life and say, is this, is this proper motivation? What's the fix for our expectations? What's the fix? Now, here's the deal. What's the fix for all of our expectations? Unrealistic ones, unhealthy ones, and also the really good ones, because the good ones can become bad ones, not because they're bad expectations, but because maybe we're not approaching it with the right motivation again. But here's the deal. What's the fix for our expectations? Gratitude. Gratitude. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about saying, oh, well, I'm, gonna just, I'm just gonna be grateful and just kind of slump down in the chair. No, 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 no. Gratitude is not compromise. Gratitude is sincerely saying, if nothing changes from where I'm at right now, God, what you have given me physically, like my my needs are met, it's enough. Gratitude. There's gratitude in the physical things, right? Your houses and and all that kind of stuff. There's gratitude in material things, but there's also gratitude in your emotions and in your, your walk with God, your spirit, man. This thing of gratitude is more than just physical gratitude, it's spiritual gratitude. And I think that you've also gotta remember to be grateful for what God has done in your life. It's why I encouraged you so much last week and this week to share your testimony. And if you didn't share your testimony, guess what? You can continue to share your testimony. It's not just a one week thing. I'd love for for some of you to post it today. Because why? What it does is it it actually, even for you, it says, man, God, look what you've done in my life. I am so grateful for what you've done. I'm not grateful for what you might do one day. I'm grateful for what you've done in me up until this point. And this is the thing I wanna leave you with. Don't wait 
to be grateful for what you expect to have tomorrow. Be grateful for, for what you have today. Grateful for what you have today. Those expectations that you might have, again, weigh them in the balance. Is this really the proper expectation I'm supposed to have? Does this align with the word of God? You know, if you go and you read in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 11, you'll see where, uh, where there's a lot of expectations that were put on Jesus. A lot of expectations. Uh, you know, there was this man called John the Baptist and he, he was sort of like the, the prophet. He, he was, you know, preparing the way and, and, and really preaching the kingdom of God and repentance. And, and he, he came with a certain um, way of, of teaching. And, and some people, they didn't like John because, you know, he didn't eat and he didn't drink. And he was kind of this guy, they actually said he was demonically influenced. And some people, just, they just really rejected him. And other people, when Jesus came, he was the Messiah, he didn't match their expectations. He didn't come in the way that they thought he should come. He didn't say things the way that they wanted him to say things. And he didn't look and sound and act like they wanted him to act. John didn't eat or drink. And they called him, you know, basically he's influenced by demons. And Jesus came eating and drinking and hanging out with sinners and, and, and bringing life to them in that way. And they said he's a, you know, he's a glutton and a wine bibber. And, and it's like, it's like, why? It's because expectations. And so believe it or not, people had expectations of what the, who the anointed one, the Messiah would look like. And they missed him. A lot of people missed him. Even whenever he said, hey, y'all, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to be murdered. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, killed, and, but I'm going to come back again. And for a lot of people in the three days that from the time that he died to the time that he was raised back to new life, they, they walked away. They, they quit. There was even certain sermons that he taught and people just left because they couldn't take it because they had an expectation of Jesus. And because he didn't meet their expectations, they missed the creator of the universe. And I think that applies to a lot of you today. You've had an expectation of who Jesus is. You've had an expectation of what your life should be like. Some of you, your expectation to come to God is you feel like you need to be cleaned up. You need to start making really good decisions and be a better person to come to Jesus because that's what he's expecting of you problem is he is not expecting that of you. You've got a wrong expectation of the expectation of Jesus for you. His expectation on you is nothing but surrender. That's it. Nothing but surrender. That's, see, that's the good news of Jesus is that he came. He lived a life that we can't live. He died a death that we couldn't even pay for properly. We, we aren't pure like he is pure. He did all of that. So that way we could stand or sit in a moment like this and say, I don't have what it takes to overcome this life. I don't have what it takes to overcome death or sin. I am completely dependent upon someone, something bigger than me. And at this moment, some of you are realizing that you have found yourself at the end of yourself. You've broken all those expectations, right? You failed so many times and now you realize I need Jesus. There's another group of people watching right now and, and you actually feel like you've done pretty well. Like you're almost leaning into your successes and you're saying, you know what, man? Like, like actually, 
I'm doing this okay. And you know what? It's true. You can do really well in this life. In this physical life, you, you can make a lot of money. You can have a lot of friends. You can have a great marriage. You can do a lot of things and it'll be really well. You'll have great expectations on people. You'll be a good, loving person. Maybe even you know how to forgive well. But there's one thing that you cannot overcome and it's sin. You need Jesus for that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one is reconciled to God except through him, by believing in him, by confessing your faults, by saying, God, I can't do it, by, God, by saying, God, I surrender. God, would you forgive me? By praying these prayers and by repenting and changing your life, you're justified before God and you're also sanctified for the rest of your life to be more like Jesus. So that's what I wanna give you an opportunity to do right now, to respond to the call of Jesus that's coming to you. Bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at right now. It's just you and God. There might be people in the room with you, family members, it's okay. This is about you and Jesus. Right there where you're at, if you know that you're far from God and you need him today, just say this. Say, God, I surrender my life to you. All that I am, all my expectations of who you are and and who I am and, and all those things. God, I just surrender it all to you right now. God, I say that I need you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he came to this earth, died on a cross for my sin and was raised to new life so that I could live a life of victory in this life. And God, ultimately to spend eternity with you in heaven. God, today I ground myself in that truth and I thank you for your grace and your mercy for me. In Jesus' name. Right now, all of us, where we're at, I wanna pray a prayer for our expectations. And some of you, I want you to take out that piece of paper or that, that phone, whatever it is. And if it's on a phone, I want you to begin to delete those expectations that you know are outside of what it is that God has for you. Those expectations that are actually producing depression, anxiety, fear, anger, selfishness, just go ahead and delete that expectation right now. Come on, if you got that piece of paper in your hand and you, you might be looking at it and maybe you just wanna cross out some, but maybe some of you realize that every expectation on that sheet of paper is wrong. And what you need to do is you actually need, you need to rip that piece of paper up. You need to start fresh and anew today and rearrange some things. For others of you, you've had expectations on God. And this is what I wanna tell you right now is that whatever your expectation has been, it doesn't matter. See, God is good. God is with you. God is sovereign. He is for you, not against you. And no matter what you see right now, that does not uh, dictate, right? It does not dictate God's goodness. He is good above all of those things. And the wonderful thing is this, no matter if it's suffering or success, all of that is going to work together for good in the long run to bring God glory. And that's our hope. That's how we worship. We don't worship based upon what we have in our hands or our expectations of what we might have one day. We worship because of who God is and what he has done. And so if you feel comfortable, go ahead and stand back to your feet. Stand up and just lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for being good. I thank you for being holy. God, I thank you for your justice in my life. Lord, that all the things that I have been through, Lord, you have been forming something in me. And it's a story that you are writing and it is good and it is perfect. And God, I am submitted to that plan. You've never let me down. And I know that you won't now or in the future. 
because you're good. Come let's sing this together. resurrection we have hope and God I pray that this week in all of our lives Jesus that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on the prize and the prize is you God you are our reward heaven is our home we are set upon you Jesus we know that your plans are perfect and so we trust in you God, I thank you for each person that's watching right now. God, I pray that you bless them. For every person that made a decision to follow you today, Jesus, I thank you for drawing them. God, I pray that in all of our lives that we would continue to take our next steps. Jesus, that we would continue to know you more, to know you better. God, this week as we read our word, as we pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow in our faith. God, to be light in dark places. We thank you for every opportunity that's coming to us. We trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.